Hello, everybody. Welcome back to IP Presents. It's me, Alex O'Neill, with my partner in podcast, Brian Nabishin Jackson. Hello, Nabishin. Uh, we're here, and it's the thing that we do together. It's patch notes. We're going to talk about stuff today. We're going to talk about Metroid. Um, and it's been a little... It hasn't been that long since we did one of these. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I think it's been like three months, maybe. I, yes. I, podcasting is weird, so. <laughs> you know, sometimes you do it all the time, and sometimes for a little bit you, you don't do it all the time, and it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes you miss it. Uh, but we haven't chatted in a little bit. We we chatted not too long ago. I just remember now that we just didn't record that conversation. What a novel thing. Um, <laughs> and, but we haven't, like, gotten into, like, a discuss, you know, like, Let's talk about the biz or whatever, you know, that kind of stuff in a bit. Uh, and I'm excited because we got a couple of things to talk about. Uh, for the people at home, I'm Alex Snobshin. You get it. IP Presents. You should follow, subscribe there. It's where you listen to it now. Uh, we're in good company this week. I think this will come out between a couple, like, review discussions that we, we're doing again. So mm-hmm. uh, one for Deathloop and probably one for Metroid Dread as well. Um, so it'll be good. Good, uh, good thoughts. Be redundant in, in a way. Oh yeah, I mean, I got a lot to say in in, in different contexts. So I think, uh, I mean, because like, I guess like the whole reason I like, I brought this to you is mm-hmm. like, um, a because like, uh, you know, usually when we do these passionate things, it's like something that we equally feel or something I just really want to talk about, and like you're just like we're good without stop each other, so we get we get a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this is one of those, like. I feel like you need this, like in a way. You're not like, wrong. Because, uh, like, uh, like when we were talking offline, like the last time we talked, like, um, you had a lot to say, and like, um, you know, like, not to say it's good content, but like, um, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff, and like, and there's actually like genuine, genuine stuff about like Metroid, because like, I, you know, like other than like knowing it's a Nintendo property and like the osmosis of it, like I don't really know much about the series in general. Sure. Like, so I, I have like general questions so like i've always kind of like wondered but like you know about the series in general that like i hope you like could answer and like also like you know get your dread love out there and also like you just played the metroid games recently again yeah, so all you know we, we have a lot to talk about yeah uh and and that's like the big thing is like talking about metroid as a whole not just dread like that's kind of like the goal here mm-hmm. um where if if you're maybe looking for other conversations about dread or something more specifically um uh, hopefully we'll also have an outlet for you there um but yeah real quick before we talk about metroid not mm-hmm. let's just for we we don't have to spend a lot of time on it just for a little bit can we talk about sora and smash Brothers? <laughs> of course <laughs> because man do i feel alive i just watched the 30th reaction video that i've watched on it and just like drained from the screen like people's life and joy uh how'd you feel man when that happened like look, one of the biggest things that i love about sora being in it, like other than like him being in it is like um i know i know it was like somewhat of like my circle type of things and like you know the algorithm like hey this person reacted to sora so like you better watch it type of thing but like it's the general positivity that it gave, it gives off not just because like um you know, that's the character someone wanted, but it's like, it's an impossibility. So like, that's also mm-hmm. like, gives you good vibes because of that. It's something that honestly probably shouldn't happen, but it happened anyway. And like, 
uh, people can respect that. I feel because like it's it's, it's kind of like what Max says. Like it, it may not be the character that he wanted, but like this is like the character you want to like in something on. It's like yeah. it was the most requested character. People actually wanted this, and like in a universal type of sense, because like um, you know, you know, like how I guess you could say media in general is like very male centric, and like um, you know, I don't really see too many like uh female like twitch streamers and stuff like that but like holy shit like reactions yeah. been popping off with like seeing this these like female youtubers and like females uh twitch streamers and it's like you know losing their fucking mind because like sure it's not a woman in there but like it's someone that like they can identify identify with that's like feels like you know like a very monogender type of, type of thing where and i think Sora is that character for like everybody and yeah I, so that's, that's, that's just a great feeling for me he he is like the opposite of toxic masculinity <laughs> like if whatever <laughs> Sora is is like too good for that kind of stuff and like you know it's been brought up in great like waypoint articles and uh Klepik wrote a great one about vulnerability and masculinity in kingdom hearts and how that's great so like when you think how that's it's very well portrayed right like men aren't afraid to cry in that series and that's great um and and it it like you know you it makes riku and sora like those kind of core male characters like feel like way more three-dimensional like yeah they get sad and yeah like they love things and they're emotional and excited you know so like he doesn't have a lot of the baggage that like a doom guy would have for example Mm -hmm. um which it is just kind of the core of that thing I, you know, to go off of that, too, of, like, it just, a lot of positive feelings come off of it. I think part of that is the trailer is so wholesome, you know, like, very intentionally so. But, like, most of the the Smash Ultimate trailers are, you know, supersede wholesomeness with, like, excitement and violence, uh, which is fun, and it's great. Uh, Like, the Ridley trailer and, obviously, Sephiroth, like super fun and actiony trailers where like this one is both exciting and also like just makes you feel good you know like i could talk about it to the end of, of my life but like you know Sora shaking hands with mario and stuff it's just like this it leaves the the last feeling that we have of like the promotional material and and the buzz of smash is like this very wholesome image of of coming together and like where everything else kind of leading up to this last point was clashing and the smash and the fight and the the violence uh this like kind of veered away from that uh and it, it it's all contributing to like how like Sakurai is clear like clearly like this is just his like thank you and i love you to the fans mm-hmm. uh and it, it just feels so good it, it like i understand that Kingdom Hearts fans, we eaten and and it it's what a great time to be alive just to see that trailer. Um but you know, it, it is cool that a lot of other people felt the positivity out of it as well. I mean, and also some really real shit about like if you really really think about it, Sora is like the only one you could do that and like get to the most middle as far mm-hmm. as like cuz like you, you, like of course there's haters but like you have more respect i would i would say than more than haters because like it's an impossibility like i was saying mm-hmm. but it was like it's more of a thing it's like like could you imagine it was like um was it was his name jonesy from fortnite or something oh, like that yeah, like, right like like the toxicity you know <laughs> yeah exactly it's like because it's like you know like that would be kind of like a ooh, like i would like be disappointed by it but like you know like, it's like i mean like i'll be like yeah I, you know do your thing chakra i don't care type of thing like i'm I'm proud for you but you talk about like the internet in general just like just mm-hmm. having like you know your 
your um you know change dot org type shit. <laughs> you yeah, know? so right, totally. Like the the, the kind of big overbearing reaction, and like I think it, it's funny because like I I wonder. I mean, you know, Sakurai's probably known this trailer. He's probably had this trailer in his head for so fucking long. Like, that's what it felt like. It felt like, like, oh, like, he's had this idea forever. Um, And, you know, especially the context was such a a great little gift of, of like, oh, yeah, like, Sora was the most requested back in 2015 or 2014. Um and so Sakurai was like, I'm going to make it happen. Like, I like to think he was like, I'll get it done. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it'll take some time, but I'll make it happen. And so, like, you know, probably when they locked in that first season pass, I imagine, like, that's, they had locked in Sora or were, like, along the path to get to him. Uh, so, yeah, just, like, thinking of the years of work, emails, <laughs> videos of, like, move sets sent back and forth. Like, it's, it is, yeah. I cannot fathom the amount of work that went into this. Mm-hmm. Um, it is as much as, as any other character and beyond, just because like you have the biggest corporation in the world kind of bearing down on you the whole time. Uh, we need to do a patch notes on Smash Brothers in general. Yeah, there's, we should. Because there, there's a lot to say about it. There's a lot to say about it, but the the Sora vibe is is great. It, it feels good, and I think like if you'd had like the Master Chief shaking. Mario's hands, it would have been cool. Like, I, and I think a lot of people would have also really liked that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but it would have been like cool and not like, oh, I can just feel the love here. Like, I could just feel the love in this room and mm-hmm. like that went into this. Um, so yeah, I like I I, I feel for the people that were like, oh man, you know, uh, especially because whatever happens next is just not going to be like this. You know, exactly as, as big as this. See, this is why I want to. I would like to talk more about it, but I'll hold it into the next time we talk about. It. Maybe we'll have Mike on it, on it or something like. That. Oh yeah, it'd be good. Uh, it's good. It's just feels good. Sora's he's such a good boy. <laughs> he's he's just such a sweet boy, and I'm so like the for me. And I know like whatever, but maybe it's just Navishin. We're so used to like everything that Sora shows up and suddenly becomes canon. But I just like keep thinking about like. <laughs> Sora, like, no one would be more stoked about it. <laughs> like, Sora would be like, fucking Mario, what? Like, you know, like, I just, know, like, knowing that character and who they've made, like, he would just be like, oh, this is the best day of my life, you know? So it is just all-around kid vibes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. What a good morning that was, man. I was shocked. Truly oh, to my core. I was shocked, too. I, like, spent the hour before I was watching, like, truly... And I'm not even kidding, convincing myself it was going to be Jonesy. Like, I was like, you have to just get ready to be disappointed, dude. Like, you cannot be ready for this. Uh, So, like, I was truly in that mindset. Uh, And so when it happened, I was like, I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like seeing Kingdom Hearts 3 announced for the, again, like, that was the closest uh, feeling. That is very true. That is very true. But uh, other cool galaxy fairing. Uh, multi-world fairy heroes, uh, Samus Aran or Aran, or I don't know if there's a third pronunciation. Mm-hmm. Um, what you, you say? You have like general questions about Metroid. What do you want to know? I got it all in my head right now. Every game I've played, yeah. all of them this year. Of course, like um, and like these might sound like brash ways of saying this. So like, forgive me if this if this sounds not not really offensive, but like. Sounds too ignorant when I say these mm-hmm. things, but like, um, like, 
like Easy Allies just published their spoiler mode for uh, Metroid Dread, and like as far as like uh, Met like Metroid and its lore, I guess you would say, like what exactly is it? Because like you know, like because. I, like I like there's like there's key points of, of the series that I, I realize you know like the baby Metroid and um going to Samus on Super Metroid type of thing and are saving Samus in Super Metroid and like um I guess the other M story whatever the hell that is and like um mm-hmm. uh and I guess Prime has like a a central story with like Dark Samus in the sequel and stuff like that but like because like. It, it, like from an outsider looking in, it seems like it's very like um, almost in, in a Zelda type of way, where it's like the same things keeps happening over and over again, and like you know she overcomes it. And obviously, like when she fused with the um, the Metroid, and also with Metroid Fusion as the title. Um, but like, <laughs> like as far as like, I, I guess I, I just don't know like what kind of like, like well, what are you spoiling? I guess you would say <laughs> as far as like a, a story generally. Like, sure. Like, yeah. I like that's one of the things that I I like about it. Like the only story-heavy games, and, like, you could probably make an argument for Metroid Dread just because it has, like, more than two cutscenes in it. <laughs> um, but, like, the really the only story-heavy Metroid games are Other M, obviously, uh, and the Prime games. Uh, and, and, like, part of why I always recommend Prime 1, if, like, if you've never played any Metroid game before at all, don't play Super Metroid. That's crazy talk. Don't. I understand people are like, play Super Metroid. It's the best first one. It's not the best first one anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's a good one, but it's not like, I, I don't think you should just start there just because, uh, and a lot of people have been running into this problem with Dread, uh, is like, that is the most difficult to navigate Metroid game, top mm-hmm. to bottom. It is other than you, the original, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, but even the original like didn't have as many hidden blocks. Like it, it's not really about that. The original is just like there's no map and <laughs> there's no hope really. <laughs> like you know, you die, you get a password and go all the way back to the beginning of the game essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you can type in the password to get all your powers back, but still, like you start with thirty health <laughs> regardless, which is not even like. Your maximum health at the beginning of the game is 99, but you start with 30 health just because the game do you dirty. Um, but that's, you know, that's Metroid 1. Uh, yeah, I like Metroid Prime is like the, the best entry point because that game is the obtuse, like you need to look around and figure stuff out. Um, but it doesn't have as me- it, it doesn't have hidden walls because you have the scanner visor and you can scan anything. Like you can always like if you see a wall that looks suspicious, scan it, and it's like, this is Brinstone. It's like, okay, Brinstone means I can break it with Morph Ball Bombs. Like, and, th- and that's how Metroid Prime kind of works out. Uh, whereas, like, traditional Metroid, it's like, here's a block uh, on the wall that has the symbol of the ability that you're supposed to do it. Instead, like, Prime tries to kind of contextualize everything. And while you're scanning, you're also getting story and, and like, learning about the Chozo and learning about Metroids and, you know, obviously the kind of lore that's exclusive to the Metroid Prime universe. But that game is walking around, solving Metroid-ass puzzles, doing Metroid puzzles to get Metroid power-ups, and it's also, like, a cool story uh, if you're you're looking for it. But is the lore just, like, codex-based, more or less, or...? 
Uh, you know, it's it is and it isn't. Like, there's definitely like the way Prime does environmental storytelling is very good, and it's very similar that I would say to like how Super Metroid does environmental okay. storytelling. Okay. Um, and those games have always kind of tried to do stuff with that, like the beginning of super metroid is you going back to this space station and like everybody you see like dead bodies on the floor and you're just walking through and it's cold and dark and ridley shows up and stuff like they have always kind of taken a backseat approach to storytelling uh and i think as i got older i really started to appreciate it uh and i think when it comes to like hardcore metroid fans it is like that facet that people are going to be more divided on uh, like some people really don't like Metroid Prime 3 because like there's a bunch of voice acting and story and characters uh, and dialogue and cutscenes and action scenes but like if you like Uncharted for example and you want that kind of thing applied to Metroid in a way that is still Metroid like Metroid Prime 3 is a great middle ground uh, I think uh, so like people go back and forth about the story the real lore the the true ass lore that like before all the kind of retcons started to come into the picture is just Samus is a bounty hunter hired by the government I guess in this universe the government hires bounty hunters mm-hmm. uh to to take care of space pirates right like it's always where it starts and then it escalates to Metroids uh and there was a, so there's a comic book uh that is like the only <laughs> piece of fiction that represents like Samus's origins really uh they never cover Samus's origins in any of the games period okay okay um which I kind of like because just like in Metroid like the the reveal of like Samus has been a woman the whole time because everyone is secretly sexist you know is cool it's powerful because like it just adds to the mystery. You know, why is this woman in a power suit all, all on her own just taking care of business on the universe? We still never know. And we're not supposed to know. Like, you just get the impression that she likes to be alone. <laughs> and I get it. Uh, and after playing Dread and, like, they're pulling from that comic book a lot. Uh, and they're pulling from everything, really. Kind of all the little bits. Even, even Other M. Just a little bit. Uh, it, it's, I wonder, they've never done Metroid Origins, uh, and I wonder if, like, that idea is mulling about somewhere. I hope not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, the, the, the core of the story is, like, Samus is orphaned because of, like, I feel like in the comic book, it's like she was from Earth, and then Ridley, like, destroyed Earth or something, which I don't know, like, the, <laughs> I don't know if that's even canon, but, like, the interpretation of it is of like Samus was orphaned by space pirates. Uh, she was adopted by an alien race called the Chozo. They shared with her a lot of their magic and technology and secrets. Uh, and they gave her some of their DNA so that way she could use one of their weapons, which is the power suit. And that's it. Yeah. You know, that's all you got to know. And it's, so, it's weird that they get into some of that stuff in Dread. Like, it's maybe the only things that are, like, I'm iffy about on that game. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, you know, like, like, um, like our friend, uh, just trying to usually say, like, um, as far as, like, games like this, it's, like, only Metroid you, whereas, like, um, you know, you lose all your stuff at the beginning of the game, um, mm-hmm. when you have, like, pretty much, when you have all that stuff from, like, the, more or less the previous game, I guess you say. Is there, like, 
a, you know, is there like an acknowledgement of that? <laughs> it is like, man, I always have myself and I always lose it type of thing. Not not really like in a Nathan Drake type of like manner, but like, is there like, you know, like some self awareness that like you lose all your stuff as soon as you start a new adventure? I guess you would say. No, and that's funny. <laughs> it is funny that they haven't like made a joke at it, but it's not always true. You know, is the thing like in Metro Prime Three that doesn't happen. Uh, in Metroid Other M, that doesn't happen. Although Metroid Other M has its own litany of <laughs> stupid reasons of things. Um, and in uh, Super Metroid and... Uh, uh, what's the other one? I guess, like, Metroid Fusion, that technically does happen. But in Super Metroid Metroid 2, like, really, that is... That is less games, now I'm thinking about it, than, than other. That's, like, Metroid Prime 1 and 2... Metroid Dread uh, and Metroid Fusion, technically. And that's it. Uh, but I think, like, because Metroid Prime, Fusion, and then Prime 2 all came out back-to-back, and those are, like, the games that it really happens in, uh, that is why that started to get associated with the Metroid brand. But again, kind of like the freedom that we're in, because we've now had to wait decades for anything to happen in this franchise like i feel like we can kind of drop a lot of those things and and reset mm-hmm. kind of like soft reboot and you know metroid dread does it but it's not like you play around with all the powers and then lose them you start that game without anything uh you just see that you probably were a little bit more beefy before um whereas like metroid prime and metroid prime 2 you play like this intro where you do a bunch of like you use the grapple beam and stuff in Metroid Prime's intro, and mm. then you lose it. <laughs> it's like, all right. right, whatever, I guess. Um, but they, you know, there's always context for it. Uh, and then the the feeling of like fighting enemies to get your powers back. Uh, they 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 mess around with that as well. Okay. Um, and like pretty much my last one is like um, uh, like Ridley is always a constant. Like, is does Ridley never die? Because like you know, he was a super never super Metroid. Is another M. I don't really know this before or after that or anything like that. And I don't know if he's still around. But like, I, ne- I remember seeing a, a trailer for um Dread, and like, I think one of the bosses from Super Metroid was like in that game, like the one that was chained sure. up or whatever. So, um, like, Rid- is are are the bosses like a constant as well in those games? I think maybe. There's an argument to say that Metroid has a bad habit of bringing bosses back. Uh, and I only say bad habit because, like, they're, they are often, Ridley withstanding, they're often brought back with little thought for context. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I, I think it's fair. Like, I think it's cool. The cool thing is, like, it is really rad to see some of the bosses because it's been so long like many of these things like typically really only show up twice uh when we're talking about recurring stuff like you know metroid other m is kind of a soulless video game and part of that is like they bring nightmare from metroid fusion is a boss and there he's like the gravity suit boss uh, is mm-hmm. in Metroid Other M to kind of and like because that that takes place before Metroid Fusion, they kind of try and contextualize what that creature is and how it ends up where it does, um, which is fine. But again, like the fight is not as cool as it is in Metroid Fusion, which is like all fights in <laughs> Metroid Other M to be fair. But um, it, it, it like it serves no purpose. You know, there's no mm-hmm. lore really 
like nightmare withstanding like because he's like a, an experiment from the galactic federation um and then like the the phantom boss from super metroid comes back in metroid other m he's just there he's gigantic and in space and can breathe in space i guess and you fight him and it's a cool fight that fight is is rad but it's like you just kind of brought this back because he was in another metroid game um but ridley is like kind of an exception like in theory he is just very resilient <laughs> but he's definitely like exploded before and then just come shown up again uh it's funny like the lengths that they go to justify ridley coming back so like in metroid prime which takes place after the first metroid he is meta ridley uh and then prime 3 he comes back again as meta ridley uh and then like in samus returns the remake of metroid 2 you actually fight spoilers uh you fight meta ridley at the end of that and it's like the metroid prime version of meta ridley which is cool kind of that's the part of it that kind of canonizes Metroid Prime in that trilogy. Um, but is and, in, in, in Super Metroid, isn't that just a regular Ripley? So at the end, in the post credit scene of, of Metroid, uh, Samus Returns, because really doesn't die in that. It's the only time he does it, he like leaves. He like pieces out. Okay. Um, uh, it shows him like shedding his armor and, and okay. like, he's like regenerating it. So like, I think they're also trying to show that he can like regenerate health and regenerate his body. Mm-hmm. So then you fight Ridley again in, in Super Metroid, and technically he does, like, for sure die there. Um, mm-hmm. And then he's cloned in Metroid Other M, and the whole thing that you're fighting is Ridley clone, and then he's, like, a like a zombie-ish version of him in, in Metroid Fusion, kind of like everything else. So, like, they, they have, like, these story justifications to make it so it kind of makes sense that Ridley's there. Um, but even still, it's, he's just kind of persistent. Like, I, I think it's not a big deal just cause he's really the only character that they let get away with that. And that's why I think like they need to maybe not bring bosses back a bunch of times. Um, but I don't know that that's one that I, it, it's such a weird thing to be like frustrated by just cause like there's so few Metroid games. Uh, so it, it works in both ways of like, well, make more bosses. Like you've made uh, new fresh bosses and they're cool, but also it's like, you know, it's cool to see these guys come back. It's cool. This is the first time we see, uh, you know, spoilers for Metroid dread, which we'll get into later, but you know, Kraid is in that he's in one of yeah. the trailers. So I don't feel super bad about talking about it. Yeah. Um, that was the one I was referring to. Yeah. And Kraid is in Metroid one and super Metroid and now Metroid dread. Um, he's he's only in the odd number games. Uh, he's got to mm. get there. Um, but this is the first time we've seen Kraid in 3D, which is I think why Mercury Steam brought Kraid back instead of Ridley. Um, Ridley's not in Metroid Dread, which is good. You know, I think it's so. Is Kraid the big boss? The big bad? No, he's okay. just a, he's just locked up in some dungeon somewhere. And okay. and as you after you beat that game, like you get a little context as to why, okay. uh, which is neat. But again, unnecessary. <laughs> but you know, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. I. It's just cool because, like, I think that was them. Of like every Metroid boss has kind of been able to be remade in 3D to some extent, um, except for Crate. And now Crate is in 3D, which is cool. Um, there's one more thing before I let you just pop off and just take. Yeah, I like it. I like... better focus when when we're talking back and forth. 
Yeah, of course. Um, but like, uh, so like, just Metroid in general, like for you, um, like, is it a total package type of thing, or is it just like bits and pieces? Like, is it kind of like a like a fighting game for you? Like, I, I say like I say that as far as like you enjoy the mechanics, or you just really like the character, and like the story's just whatever. Kind of like a, a guilty gear kind of sense. Like the, the story's just nonsense, but like. You know, I still like Soul Bad Guy a lot, type of thing, and but that's why I play those games. So, like, is it something like that, or is it like, oh, I, I'm into the lore, I'm into the characters, and like, it's just not something that's like, it's something you have to like dig into, but like, you know, you enjoy the entire aspect of what Metroid is in general. It's a little like, bit of both. Like, would you would you play Federation for Force just for the for lore? I guess you would say something like that. I wouldn't, but that's also because Federation Force is like not a. It's you know move ball around the game so like that's yeah. more like i i'm offended by the the sheer idea of that game <laughs> um but like i i'm totally in it for the lore and and it's tough because metroid has been both like super super good uh at storytelling and also like really bad <laughs> like honestly some of the worst uh, mm-hmm. uh and i it's it's nice that like we can just kind of quarantine that to other m and then sometimes pretend like it doesn't exist. Uh, but no, I love it. And and that's the thing. Like when when a, when a studio gets their hands on Metroid and they understand it, you can tell they get it. And Mercury Steam and Retro are those studios. Like as far as I'm concerned, there's really no one else. Um, mm-hmm. At least that are allowed to make official Metroid games. <laughs> there are plenty of other indie studios. Like if the Hollow Knight guys made a Metroid game... It's all done. Like, all bets are out. That game would be guaranteed 10 out of 10, because Hollow Knight also, in a very similar way to Metroid, has stuff going on in the background, has, like, lore that you can interpret and, and come, like, come to your own conclusions about, and then those ramifications will come back into play mechanically as well. Uh, and that's, like, just truly what Metroid does best, is, like, the the Prime games are the best stories in that franchise and the best stories in those games are not the one that it's telling you face to face except for metroid prime one where everything is one story uh right oh. like that game is just you know immaculate it's, it's a perfection of of that kind of idea it's why i think anyone who wants to play metroid for the first time should play that one it has everything that is the best of metroid arguably done the best it's been done um and like people that are like butthurt about it being first person and <laughs> 3d or whatever i like i have no sympathy for you you're missing out on one of the one of the greats um and like that game is great because samus is her stoic doesn't talk self but you like she does great at like conveying stuff through body language uh and shout out to metro dread for which you know we'll talk about but you know mm-hmm. they they clearly very much get that as well uh but you know samus is confident uh she's quiet and she's typically very calm uh and and that's it like really that's all you need to know about her and that character uh and i think that alone is a compelling character like i don't think it really needs to be more than that because over time you get the idea that she is invested in things like stopping the metroids like preserving the chozo race to some extent or at least the memory of them and uh like helping people like metroid prime 2 my favorite of the metroid primes 
uh, is a stellar game because like you get these great little interactions with other characters. Uh, and Samus is like the really the only thing she says uh, through body language in that game is she like waves goodbye at the end in a very casual way. And it's like, I was just here to help and I'm out now. It's, it says so much about that character um, by saying so little. And then on top of that, the story kind of parts of Metro Prime 2, just to give you an idea of like how the storytelling works, is like this civilization that had met the Chozo in space, the Luminoth. Uh, and they were inspired by them, and they decided to settle a planet, and then the planet was struck, struck by catastrophe, and you see them going from a, a race where their technology is nothing but, like, terraforming and helping farmland and, and help life. Like, they have to develop weapons and, like, how that goes and the kinds of weapons that they develop and how unorthodox they are, and then the kind of fall of their empire. Uh, and it's, like, super interesting partly because you know they're facing this kind of consciousless enemy uh that doesn't care and has no sympathy uh but also because like we see like these logs from the warriors and like they had families and they were the last of their kind and like they were pushed to the brink and you get just enough context to to fill in a really grim but compelling picture. Uh, and Metro Prime 2 just does that better than either of the other Prime games. But the other two Prime games do a little bit of that as well. Uh, and and that is like threading the needle, right? Like uh-huh. the, the environment is telling me everything I need to know. Um, I'm getting these logs from people that used to live in this environment that is like giving me that culture, that history aspect that I want to know. And then it just plays great, and I'm kind of discovering everything else as I go. Uh, it's I, I'd say like I am like diehard for sure into the lore. Uh, if the game is telling me it doesn't care about its story, then like as long as it's a decent enough Metroid game, I'll kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd definitely be disappointed. I think like. It's tough. Metroid Samus Returns is one of the ones that's like trying to do stuff with its story that I think just don't don't hit. And it's a bummer that that those kind of story things are the foundation of Metroid Dread, but it's in spite of that that in a credit to how good Metroid Dread is that it kind of overcomes that uh, and even if like the story scenes in Metroid Dread don't jive with you, which they didn't fully jive with me, to be honest, uh, I think you can still really appreciate the picture as a whole. Okay. Um, for my for my reference, um, in a layman's term, I, I guess you would say, or in a layman's comparison, would you say the Chozo are kind of like the Namekians, and the Metroids are kind of like the Rachni? Huh. I didn't think of it like that. Um, I don't, I, I'm just, I'm just no, trying to get I, a reference point. <laughs> I like it. I like... I, hmm. No. I think, like, a big thing about Metro Dread is, like, to let us know that the Chozo are, Chozo are more complicated than we had maybe first thought. Mm. Um, Which is cool. And I, like, I was like, alright, you guys are walking a thin line here. This is a tough needle to thread. But I think they do a 
an acceptable job at, at threading it. Um, just because like that game isn't about like having really long cutscenes, so uh, I didn't expect it to necessarily like give me as much detail into that as you you would want. But like in in Metroid Prime Three, uh, we find this planet called Elysium, uh, and and this will hopefully answer your your question about the the Chozo, uh, where it's like a station a space station because it's like a gas giant so they're just kind of like living in the atmosphere um and the chozo built the station and they built like an ai uh program to to like control these drones and take care of it uh but they left and in there you you learn that the chozo had like an empire where they kind of like go to different worlds and raise up civilizations or terraform them to make them more compatible with the life that they have. Like they're very much not like trying to fuck with stuff because they have, they, they call it like a connection with the energies of the universe that they know when not to cross the line. Um, but in Metroid dread, it poses the idea that like there are many, many different Chozo factions. And generally the idea is that the faction of a planet is kind of separate from factions of other planets. Uh, throughout this kind of sprawling galactic empire. But also, you know, kind of the core conceit of all the Metroid games is, for the most part, the Chozo are just gone. Like, people don't know where they went. Mm. Um, so like, there's there's kind of several core mysteries to them. Uh, that I, It puts them kind of in line with, like, the Protheans a little sure. bit. Um, they're empirical, they had an empire in a way that wasn't, like, dominating, but maybe some of them were kind of, like, trying to dominate, uh, planets and whatnot, uh, and they all kind of disappeared, though it doesn't seem like there was an extinction event, per se. Um, maybe that's what Dread and some of what it's doing is implying. Um, but yeah, like, in... Samus Returns is when they kind of confirm that the Chozo were the ones that made the Metroids. So Okay, okay. Uh and and that's implied for sure in like every Metroid game. Like the fact that why are the Metroids on Zebes, which is like the planet that Metroid 1 and 3 take place on? Why are they on Zebes if that was like the Cho- uh, Chozo homeworld, you know, like how did they get here? Uh, they they didn't just spawn out of nowhere. So then it's like it's very much like okay, the Chozo made them, and that's a problem. <laughs> and they're bio weapons, so you know you get a little Resident Evil there uh, too. The the word Metroid in Chozo means Ultimate Warrior. Uh, so they were some part of the Chozo were trying to create uh, an Ultimate Warrior, uh, okay. possibly for you know dominating the universe, maybe for for some other reason. And that's, I think, you know, Metroid Fusion is then about, like, the Metroid Homeworld, SR388, which is where they were first made, uh, has this natural predator that existed before the Metroids that was called the X, which is, like, this jello parasite. <laughs> um, and the X, they are only vulnerable to being absorbed by Metroids. Uh, otherwise they'll spread and spread and spread. So it's then kind of thought in Metroid Fusion that the Chozo made the Metroids to stop the X. 
um, because the X is like the thing from John Carpenter's The Thing. It can disguise itself as anyone and then spread its infection, which is super cool. Also, very cool mm-hmm. sci-fi villains. You know, I appreciate that while like Mother Brain and the Space Pirates were using the Metroids, the Metroids are still kind of like the villain of the franchise just because there are this mindless weapon that can be used by anyone to destroy anything. Uh, which is cool. Uh, you said the Chosel Rays, uh, Samus, right? Was like the last one, the last existing one was the one who raised her? Or... So when Samus, and the comic book gets into this, which I'm not, I haven't read all of it, so I'm not super familiar, familiar mm. with everything, but from what I understand, they raised her into adolescence, um, and then they gave her her suit and gave her uh, her ship and and kind of like entrusted her with like, hey, like we've given you this power, just like us to protect people. Uh, and then she went and joined the the Galactic Federation. And in that downtime, when she was kind of getting sick of corporate politics, uh, is when the Chozo disappeared. Um, and she was raised on Zebus, like to add, of course, because everything uh-huh. is is connected. You know, like her home with the Chozo was Zebus. Uh, so it wasn't SR388, it wasn't with the Chozo that were developing and manufacturing Metroids, but it was where they kind of ended up. Uh, so I, you know, that, I think that's also just to give her a reason to really want to get thrown into the mix with the, the Space Pirates and whatnot. But yeah, she left and joined the Federation, and then she left them because she didn't like how they were doing things. Uh, so, and then from there on, she's kind of solo. Mm-hmm. So is the name Metroid like um is it one of those things where it's like it meant something at the beginning but they're barely a thing now or is it like Metroid is our Metroids are always a a threat I guess you would say in in the game or I, or are, are they kind of the thing that still exists in a way at this point since it's like this is the farthest game now in the in the series do you want do you want to get into some spoilers <laughs> I mean that's what I'm here for dude okay uh, I'll I'll say just because like I'm gonna get into it at some point maybe not right away but from this point on. I'm probably going to spoil parts of Metroid Dread for folks listening. Um, although I can't imagine. Most people have finished it, I feel like, by now. So, um, And, and it's, it's pretty interpretive. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Metroid, like, originally, it is, like, these creatures, right? Uh, and they are this creature that ha- can absorb power and grow stronger. And then, like, Metroid 2 shows that while the core, like the the kind of brain sucky looking jellyfish Metroid is fine, like it, it's a dangerous threat, but it's weak to ice, so it's deal withable. Um, which is not a word, but I made it up, so it's good. Um, <laughs> then they evolve, like Metroids that grow and eat for long enough, it start to evolve and turn into these uh, beta, alpha, gamma, and then omega Metroids. And omega Metroids are like extremely dangerous killing machines uh and and it's like the when you go to sr388 and you start uncovering like the omega metroids and whatnot it's like they're closer to the core of the planets um and i Mm -hmm. think like maybe there's some like they're harvesting they're pulling from the energy of the planet to some extent and that's how they're getting so strong uh but like a metroid kind of left unfettered enough could potentially become a queen and then start hatching more Metroids. Uh, and, and then that's a big problem. Uh, and 
that's why you're kind of sent to you're you're sent because Metroid Jellyfish is bad enough that the Galactic Federation is like we gotta we gotta wipe these whole things out, <laughs> and then because they're like truly unkillable outside of like ice and whatnot, uh, they have like this kind of manufactured weakness, uh, and uh, then Samus discovers like that there are evolutions of Metroids and they're much stronger and they're much more dangerous and and that's why I like to think that she just made the call in the moment in the Metroid 2 mission of like I'm going to see what's going on here and then she saw her first like Gamma Metroid and was like I got to kill these things <laughs> I got to take care of business uh but like so I I do like that Metroids have like these stages of evolution that people very rarely see because it takes a lot for them to get there but also they, like once it's there it's very hard for them to stop um but like they have kind of changed a little bit of, of I, I guess, like, the core of what a Metroid is. Um, and I don't know, like, <laughs> I, I'll talk about it in a minute with Dread and, like, what what it means for Dread. But, like, I wonder where that idea started. Because, like, so the X infects Samus at the beginning of Metroid Fusion. The only mm-hmm. cure is the Metroid cell. Uh, like the last cell of a, of the the last living Metroid, the baby, the baby, um, and sh- she's injected with it, and it starts to meld with her DNA, uh, and you know, I I appreciate that they don't necessarily have to say it, but it's like, is she gonna be good? Like <laughs> in Metroid Fusion, like does that just work on Samus? Uh, and then in Metroid Dread, it's like that only worked because she also has Chozo DNA, like. If she was just a normal ass person, that would have been a bad fucking time for Samus. Um, and I, I wish that maybe they they talked about that a little bit more. But then in Metroid Dread, this is real real ass spoiler territory here. Um, and I really like this. I, honestly, of the there's a lot of plot developments in Metroid Dread that are probably just fine. You could argue. But this is cool. Samus starts like learning that she can drain things of their energy. And then she realizes that she is a Metroid. Like she's become a Metroid. And I so- thought that was the thing in Fusion. That's why I always thought Fusion was that she was this part of Metroid by the end of it. She, it's only effective like in Instant that. Aim, I guess, but oh well. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's only effective in that. I mean, yes, you're, you're right. But like just that she is protected from the X. Like, like she has Metroid DNA in her. Not that she is a Metroid in the context that, like, she has the same powers and abilities of a Metroid. If that makes sense. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, it, she was just, you know, she, her power suit changed to form the Metroid DNA that she had, and now she's immune to the X. Uh, and, like, to your point, though, like, they could have probably gone further with it in that game. Uh, and I think that's part of why Mercury's team really wanted to make a sequel to Metroid Fusion, because they felt like a lot of the ideas in that were kind of half-touched. Uh, there's a lot further that they could go for them, and that's the best thing about Metroid Dread, honest to God, is it goes all the way <laughs> with all of those ideas, and they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah, she starts, like, draining... The, the, you're, are you going to play Metroid Dread? I'm curious. 
it's one of those things where it's like it, it's definitely um intrigued me enough but like it, it would definitely have to be a situation where it's like oh i have to play at least like metroid one two or Samus return super and um fusion beforehand sure i've been telling folks like just play metroid fusion and then play this if you feel like you have to play one uh, just because at the beginning of Metroid Fusion, it also summarizes Super Metroid. <laughs> uh-huh. And at the beginning of Metroid Dread, it also summarizes Super Metroid. So it's like, all right, we get it. We know that that game happened. I um, mean, I still have my 3DS, and I, because of that, that's their program. I always had uh, Metroid Fusion. I just never started it up. So Yeah, it's I, good, I, man. I think it's years. That game holds up, I'll tell you what. Um, Super Metroid? Eh, I'm if you're on now, I'll tell you what. Uh, but but Metroid Fusion for sure. It's it's very linear, which is like the only kind of bummer about it. But uh, it holds up a lot. Uh, yeah. So like the I'll, I'm just gonna say it then because you know we're here we're talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. you're fighting the Emmys as you know throughout uh, Metroid Dread. The yeah, last they they're just super kill bots that the Federation can make. I okay. Guess. I thought you there know? was something interesting, like they were like robotic chozos or something like that. I didn't know what the hell they were. Yeah, so. So, so the Emmys were made by the Federation to investigate. Basically, Samus gets like a... The Federation gets a, a video of an ex-parasite at the beginning of Metroid Dread. And it's like, we gotta go deal with this. <laughs> like, Sam, Samus, they contact Samus, they're like, hey... Uh, you know what this is, right? And they're like, this is bad. You have to deal with this. So they send uh, these... these. They're, they have a name, but essentially they're like design cre- robots to extract biological material. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they have like these kind of super deadly syringes that shoot out of their faces. Um, and they send seven of them to this planet ZDR. Uh, where the the video just mysteriously showed up of the X, and then they lose contact. Uh, and it's the here's the one thing. All right, I don't know. I maybe I just have to replay Metroid Fusion. In Metroid Fusion, they imply that the X can take control of machines, and in Metroid Dread, that is just not the case. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just misremembering something from Fusion. But I feel like that's why I was like sending robots seems like a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess they can't. So the X didn't take over the Emmys or anything. Uh, But so the the Emmys are there to find and and kind of contain this X that's supposedly there. Of course, that goes bad. Most of Metroid games start with the Federation sends something or troops or soldiers and they just immediately die. So now it's like, alright, send Samus. She's plan B. Always plan B. Just send this girl in first. I tell you she will take care of it. I promise. Uh, Like Metroid Prime 2, we sent a a Federation squad to to Aether at all dead. Uh, Metroid 2, Samus Returns, we sent a Federation force to kill the Met, all dead. Um, just immediately all dead. And Samus goes in, just cleans up. I, I uh, guess I, what I thought Dread was, in a way, well, just not knowing, not knowing anything about Metroid, was like, um, and knowing someone, someone seeing this as the sequel to Fusion, was like, Samus was sent to that plan to do whatever the hell she needs to do, and the Emmys are there. But the Emmys, like, the, the Emmys, like, mistake her for being the Metroid because she has Metroids in her or something like that and they don't know the difference between the human and the Metroid so it was like that's why they always attack her type of thing 
I mean, I guess that seems kind of tropey, but I guess it's like more involved in that, which is like really interesting to, to know. I'd say that. it's not just I'd, cut and dry like that. I yeah, say. yeah, for sure. And and it is interesting to kind of have like different factions at work, and that's part of like what makes Metroid Fusion great is that it it's like, hey, the Galactic Federation they're not all great either. <laughs> and then other M tries to like double down on that in all the worst ways. Um, but I I'd say like the you're. Because where where your head is at is totally right, but like the answer to that question is even more interesting in Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you know, Samus shows up; she's being attacked by the Emmys. Uh, turns out um, there are Chozo still alive and well on planet ZDR, uh, and uh, one of them is kind of like a member of this technology-heavy tribe that created the metroids uh and he's there kind of under as a hostage and he's being forced to hack into and control the emmys uh by the bad chozo guy uh raven beak is his name who's the guy that attacks you at the beginning of metroid dread um who's very cool he's a very cool just stone cold killer motherfucker uh not a lot of character there but he doesn't have to he's just a cool dude um and so Ravenbeak has asked this other Chozo to hack the Emmys to extract the Metroid DNA from Samus. So oh, that way, so that's why they stick out that needle every time. Exactly. So that way he can uh, clone Metroids <laughs> because Samus killed them all and he wanted to use them, <laughs> uh, mm. which is really interesting, actually. And, and it brings to light like these kind of multiple Chozo factions like the and it, it follows up on some like post credit stuff that was in Samus Returns essentially, um, of like a Chozo faction that killed all the Chozo that made the Metroids, uh, except for one, uh, and then was going to use them as weapons to enslave the galaxy. Um, but and again, like the the good parts of the story in Dread are very good. Uh, when the Chozo that they killed all the Chozo that controlled the Metroids except for one. They took the one, they left the Metroids there to come and get them later after they'd kind of like gathered all their forces on ZDR. One of the Chozo was disguise- was an X in disguise and it killed all of them. <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, that's, that's so cool. Um, so when they returned to ZDR, suddenly no Metroids, tons of X and it's a nightmare for, for the Chozo. And that's, I think they kind of imply like, this Ravenbeak was like kind of trying to take over all the clans of the Chozo and he brought them all to ZDR and then he got them all killed um, with his kind of oversight. Um, so while you're explaining, exploring ZDR, Samus is starting to learn that, you know, this Metroid stuff in her is, is bad news. Uh, she's starting to like get a little hysterical and, and losing control. Uh, and the last Emmy that you fight, so each Emmy gives you like one of the more iconic uh, Metroid powers. Uh, the last Emmy that you fight has the power bomb, uh, and I love it because they you go into a hallway and you're in an Emmy zone. You haven't seen it yet. You're really worried that it's gonna happen, and then you just get blasted by a power bomb. It like you don't even you can't even do anything about it, and it stuns you, and it runs up, and it's gonna get you. Uh, and then Samus like goes full Metroid and like kills it, <laughs> like murders it, and it's very cool. Uh, and it's kind of scary, you know. Uh, and then from that point on, uh, you're like 
grabbing people and draining them with your arm and like absorbing them like a Metroid. Um, and that, you know, they kind of play that up toward the end of the game. But, and, and so like that is where the, the Metroid definition kind of gets a little wonky. Uh, just because I guess Samus is just a Metroid now. Um, and you know, never really, it doesn't go past that she could just grab stuff and absorb their power now. But you know, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to. Um, but I'll say like the the narrative stuff to kind of get back to the, the stuff that really works in, in Dread in you go like you're exploring this planet. Obviously, it's a Chozo planet. It seems dilapidated. There were experiments going on here. There's like a, a Chozo palace that you explore around. It's very cool. And then you get to this kind of like one off zone that is separate from all the others. And when you get there, there's like this big wall and it's all sealed in this box. Um, and I really didn't know what was going to happen. This is about the halfway point of the game. Uh, and then you get in there and it's a quarantine zone where all the X are. Um, and so then like halfway through the game, suddenly like the X show up in like fully realized in 3D uh totally different mechanics like they're stronger enemies and then you can absorb the x parasite at the end just like metroid fusion uh it blew my fucking mind and and like that's why the the whole thing with crate it's like whatever all the stuff they showed beforehand like they were really keeping the good shit secret i promise um <laughs> yeah but you go into this whole quarantine zone and the x are there and you you kind of start to figure out the story uh and then the x escape you know, then they're all over the planet. It's like, oh fuck! <laughs> like this is such a problem. Uh, and the whole rest of the game, you're fighting the X, um, and and kind of go from there. It's it's just really cool how like this game is very much to Metroid Fusion what Super Metroid was to Metroid One of like coming back to familiar territory. You're not in the same place, obviously, but uh, it feels in a lot of ways like a a. a continuation of some of those ideas uh and what's cool is like the x when they infect stuff like they turn into like monsters like there's a chozo that you're fighting that gets infected by x like a chozo warrior uh and it's like mouth goes from like a normal mouth and it just turns into this giant monstrous mole very much like john carpenter's the thing and they implied that that kind of stuff could happen in metroid fusion but they never get into it they go all the way into it throughout this whole game and it's awesome super awesome um but yeah it's it's like the 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 more subtle story of going through and figuring out what happened to the chozo here and the x and all that that's the the good stuff in dread i'd say um <clears throat> i know with the with the past metroid games um you know like it was more about the environment storytelling so like samus never really spoke at all and I know she had lines in Fusion, and of course she spoke in another M, but like, how did they represent her in this one? Is it just the environment again, or did they actually give her like a voice she, to actually she, speak? She speaks once, and it's the most incredible mic drop moment of all. I was so not expecting it. Um, she, at, at one point you meet the, the good Chozo that's left, um, and he talks to you. And I like that you know, the Chozo just speak fantasy space language, you know, <laughs> uh, mm. some some kind of weird sounding language. Uh, and he talks to Samus and he, he basically explains everything I just explained to you. Like, hey, mm -hmm. this is, the person that attacked you earlier was Ravenbeak. He kidnapped me from SR388. He wants, I'm, I know how to control the Metroids. 
Uh, it's in my DNA. He can like control them. Um, and that's why I'm still alive. Uh, and you know, he basically implores to Samus, like, this is who Ravenbeak is. Not all of us are like this. You need to stop him. And she like stone cold responds to him in Chozo, doesn't speak English at all in Chozo. And it's so badass because it's just like, it, 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 leans into that like of you know this sam is multicultural very intelligent woman like <laughs> very interesting like way more interesting of course way to, to do this than just have her say like i got this or like you know she says like don't worry i'll take care of them uh in chozo and like that's the that's it <laughs> like that's the mm-hmm. only time she talks. it's so it's just so cool and to be fair like in metroid fusion uh you get these little uh kind of journals almost of like when she's going down elevators uh she's like having a moment where she thinks to herself and you get a little narration Mm -hmm. um and usually those are very like they're first person but they're not they don't feel like it they're more of like kind of figuring out what's going on or reflecting on the events more narration Um, than it is like actually like her speaking out loud i guess you would say yeah, and, and you'll get a couple moments of self-reflection in those. Of There's like five of them throughout the game. But then at the very end of the game, in Metroid Fusion, when you figure out like, oh, the Galactic Federation is cloning Metroids, of course. Uh, <laughs> and they're bad news. And they've basically locked me in a room on their ship to stop me from doing anything. She like talks to them. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and it's, it's super surprising uh, just because like up until anything that was the first time she'd ever talked ever mm-hmm. uh and it's text dialogue but like you know she's written well as urgent and and short and serious uh and and that was really cool it's like cool like that's honestly all you ever have to do is like when something goes really really bad and samus like finally feels the need to be like i now have to tell you to let me do something <laughs> because i just do things i don't talk about them uh, she'll say something, and it's a, a similar feeling in Dread. It's just that she's voice acted. I don't know who they got to do the voice either, but she killed it. Mm-hmm. Gosh, it's such a good moment. <laughs> uh, uh, we've been going a lot on the lore, but like, um, I'm also curious about like um, gameplay wise because yes. um, um, I mean, obviously people are like raving and just loving it, and it's like um, for what this game is and everything like that. But like, I guess from the for an outsider looking in, um, I guess they'll see, I guess, the evolution of the Metroidvania. I, I don't even know if anyone actually ever said that. Maybe I'm just interpreting that. Sure. Um, uh, I think it's, that's the expectation when you talk about a Metroid game. I think it's like, well, you've this has been done before. So, like, how is this totally changing the game? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, like... To be fair, like, I don't think Metroid necessarily is reinventing the Metroidvania formula, but I think this is a great example of, like, execution and how it can be so, so important to how you feel about a game overall. Uh, And, like, this game is executed on probably, I mean, like, maybe better than any other, like, Metroidvania I've ever played. Uh, of just like what they were going for, you know, uh, and I think just mechanically, like this, I always say Spelunky is the best feeling to play two D platformer I've ever played. This is probably better than that, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. I this game just feels so good to play. Um, 
to the point where like you know i've played it three times and finished three times um because i just like on and not since like zero mission uh have i felt like i could probably beat this game in the shortest time that i need to to get the the last unlockable uh which is four hours which is much nicer than zero missions two hours uh i don't know how people beat that game regularly under two hours let alone like 100 percent completion um but yeah i just like on a hard mode i plowed through it in three hours 55 minutes just under the wire <laughs> but i was like <laughs> man that that felt so good and it's cool like and i know i know metroid speedrunners have been living in this heaven forever but it's cool to like how much how much time you have and like what can i get along the way that is fun and challenging to get but also like really necessary to make sure i'll be ready for the end um but yeah i so i like i've been thinking about a lot of of why this game is such a magic to play and it's definitely like a momentum thing uh like i i've learned recently just in looking for new games to play having been on disability for so long uh like movement is probably like one of like my my top three things i need in a video game like really good movement and if it's not there i can get through but it's like never gonna be one of my favorite games of all time i just i i think i've realized that like I, i'm playing the trails of cold steel games and they're great and i love them but like there's no part about this game that involves like movement in a significant way and so when i start thinking about like persona which is like a similar game it's like there are just enough moments of like incredible movement in that game mm -hmm. uh that like push it up like to, to use a, a a different kind of example um and it's one of the many reasons i'm very excited for hollow knight silk song <laughs> you know like plenty to look forward to in that game uh but yeah just like it takes a while but once you're sliding and ducking around stuff and moving and just truly taking making the most of all the controls in Metroid Dread, you're just zooming everywhere. <laughs> you get around so quickly, and it feels so good. It never doesn't feel great to get somewhere faster than you thought you could get there. Uh, and uh, that, like, when that also starts translating to killing enemies of, like, moving through them just because you know exactly what to do in the timing of everything and how that keeps the momentum going and then they they kind of try and take that and put that into the the kind of challenge pickups like metroid since since super metroid i'd say has done this thing where you, you get the average pickups but occasionally you'll find like a room that is kind of designed around a pickup uh and and where other metroidvanias have like lore drops or side quests and stuff this is like the fun extra stuff in metroid games it's just like a cool movement based challenge or skill based challenge to get a power up uh and metroid dread top to bottom has the best of those uh one because they're not too many of them um uh, there's less in this game than probably any other metroid um and two because they're just the most fun to do uh there's so many so many buckwild things you can do with a shine spark in this game which is essentially like when you get the speed booster which lets you move very fast you can duck and you basically take it as a charge and then you can jump 
in a straight line in any direction, essentially. But like, that is a cool power, sure. Um, it's like an optional power in Super Metroid. Like, they never tell you that you can explicitly do that, but you can. Uh, but it's what they, it's it's all the nuances of it. Like, if you shine spark jump into a a slope, anything that is like a a like a, a non smooth edge, uh, you'll like. Sh- jump into a sprint <laughs> and then you'll be able to <laughs> continue the shine spark because then you get your charge back and you can duck again maneuver and then move yourself into a better position uh and they have stuff that has you like basically sprint stop sprint stop sprint stop and it never doesn't feel amazing to do they introduce like shine spark wall jumping in this game which they've not done in the games before so you're just wall jumping at hyper speed basically and it's fucking crazy uh, and it's just doing all those like little challenges to pull those things off at the end of the game when you're kind of going through everything, collect, doing all the collectibles, if you want. I, mean, I see a lot of people have been doing that, so that, that makes me feel good of like a lot of people have been able to see and engage with some of these cool little challenges. Uh, it, it's just... it's That is like the side questing in Super Metroid. It's not... It's or in Metro games, I should say, it's not as satisfying maybe as like doing a a, a really challenging boss fight that is hidden somewhere. Um, but it, it, like I hadn't, I have not felt like this specifically since like Metroid Fusion. Uh, uh, and like I remember, it brought me back to like that was the other Metroid game that I was like walking around the environment trying to hundred percent, like because Super Metroid. I'm over it. <laughs> like, the, Super Metroid is the last 2D Metro game where it doesn't show you where everything is on the map. Um, some of the, like the power ups, you know, it just doesn't even tell you that, that there's a power up there. So it isn't one of those things where you can look at the map and be like, oh, let me go here, here, and here, and try and figure out what the puzzle there is. It's just you kind of have to either know or look it up or figure it out through trial and error, and it's just not as fun for me. This mm-hmm. game tells you the general area where something might be going down gives you the powers that you would need to kind of narrow it down from there uh, and makes it really fun to find everything in a very, very similar way to Metroid Fusion specifically. Um, with like Metroid Fusion had like shortcuts between areas and stuff, just like this one does. Uh, and it's just another way, like it feels like it's continuing that game's kind of honor <laughs> in a way, uh, but like through a much smarter uh scope like it's not linear like metroid fusion is it's not as restrictive uh and it has just better environmental design too um just feels so good to play i like i know it's so anticlimactic to say but it's just so good it just feels so good i I see it man like i've seen gameplay of like people just going through it and just charging charging through it like i just saw a clip like um um actually uh andy cortez from kind of funny like he just um, released a video today or yesterday about um gerard helping him get to uh the gravity suit i believe yeah so, like he was he was like instructing him like the way you have to do it and so he had to like charge up and then like go through these intricate type of ways to stay, even like get to the point to actually get to it um the way that he needed to and like gerard like pretty much told him the way to do it and like he saw him just do it again again like, do it again again like for like 30 minutes but like when he finally got it, it was awesome and it's like yes I, I love moments like that for me personally when i play games um that challenge of like doing the execution and like getting it just right like i love shit like that so like i know metroid like would probably be a, a good game for me or at least this game would be at least i think yeah and like this game 
as far as like knowing like the things that you love game feel wise, like this game's got all of them. Because <laughs> like you and I have some some crossover in that regard. Yeah. Uh, and and this game's got every single one of them. <laughs> like good wall jumps, uh, good like a good double jump at some point. A lot of people hate on the double jump in this game. It's the first time they've ever like done a double jump in a two day Metroid game, and I was stoked about it. All right. Um and just just like great challenges i i also did like the b route like the alternate route in this game and it's it's cool because like i don't i don't know if a metric game has really done that before but like when people are talking about like sequence breaking the game so you can do something with crate it's not like sequence breaking like they built like this little extra challenge room that involves like a maneuver that is new to this game that is very difficult to pull off. It's very much like it feels like a speedrunner maneuver, which is it's called the slide jump, mm-hmm. where essentially at the you have a window at the tail end of your slide, even if you go off a ledge that you can jump out of to get extra distance or get through essentially like co- configurations of rooms that would be impossible to get through without uh, the double jump. Uh, and so like I found the room and I didn't look up anything. I was just like, I got to figure out how to do this. And it took me like two and a half hours of just dying in lava in this room. Uh, but then once you like get through it, it's just like, it, it is more than just like, Hey, you can get this one upgrade early. It's like, you can get these three upgrades out of order and they kind of design the areas in that area. If you get to them early as well. So it's like, suddenly I'm doing these challenges that I've done before in a completely different way and I'm coming at a room from a, like the other side in a way that I didn't think was possible uh, and it's and then it kind of like it folds back into like the main path but just how they put that in there as like just a love letter to modern versions of these kinds of games is so cool like there's so much Hollow Knight in this game like <laughs> truly that being kind of it because Hollow Knight has a lot of like you can go here now or here and it'll kind of you'll get back to the same place in the same time but uh, you'll you'll have different powers at, at these kind of different thresholds uh, and also like to me the bosses in this game which are incredible <laughs> are are ju- are definitely like they played Hollow Knight they played like this and that probably Death Gambit and and a couple other Metroidvanias come to mind and, and just when they made these fights and they're 10 out of 10 they're so good mm-hmm. they're like they're easy to at it to a point now just because i know the patterns and like they're pr- they're kind of classic pattern recognition boss fights but they're very good ones and it's it like that is so uncommon nowadays of like a kind of pattern based boss that is good um and these are very good uh it just feels good but like People, you know, the, the, there's the, also the conversation of, like, is this the best 2D Metroid? Yes. Um, also, the answer is for sure yes. And, I, and I, I hear people on, like, Metroid, Super Metroid or whatever, but, like, I implore people to really... And, it, and it's a thing with this game of seeing everybody not know how to shoot blocks, <laughs> shoot walls that, you know, are invisible walls or breakable walls. Like, it is so much worse in Super Metroid. It's like way more obtuse uh, in that game. So like that in mind, A, but like 
just the game feel of Super Metroid. A game feels old. Why does it, is there like a full half second input delay between hitting the jump button and jumping in that game? It's old. That's why. It's, it's just how some old games are. It's okay. But, you know, like I, you, I, I, I'm sitting here just thinking to myself of like, is there really any way that Super Metroid is a better video game than this? No, there's not. I'm sorry. <laughs> Even like, I, this game is like super heavy handed up out the gate narratively. It's like the thing I don't like it about it the most. It's just like this way too long opening that tells you everything that happened in Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion and Metroid Returns. Um, and that's a bummer. But like from as soon as you get through that, it is just top to bottom a better game. Um, and yeah, I, I truly like thinking about it of like, I don't know what the last like game I would give a 10 to that I played was, but this is it now. <laughs> like I, I've been going back and forth. I played it multiple times, like really tried to like get out of my head about it. But I think like for this genre, for just being a video game and flashy in a Nintendo game and a Metroid game, like this is a masterpiece. I really think so. What a, uh, what a time to be alive. Two things. Um, sure. One, um, personally, like, uh, do you think this is where Metroid belongs as far as being in the 2D space? Or, I mean, obviously, Primus is a whole different thing, and, like, they could both exist in their own way, but, like, for you personally, as far as, like, getting your, I guess, Metroid fix, which one would you prefer more as 2D or... Um, the Metroid Batman Arkham Asylum way, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, it's t- I, Luckily, I don't have to choose. I get to live in a wonderful world where we get Metroid Prime 4 and this game, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. Um, I, I don't know. I think this might be, like, one to go out on. Uh, in, in a way, like, I think from here out, you can start really messing with stuff. Uh, and like, I don't even know, like, I think you, you just do kind of what other M was dipping its toe into of like just 2d and 3d sections and like find a way to organically make that work. Uh, and I think you can, especially like with the engine they have for this game and, uh, kind of the ideas that they even put into the background, like Samus like walks in the background during like cutscenes and the the parry scenes like the the kind of big flashy counterattacks um and she's like dipping in and out going way out in the background and stuff and doing stuff so i think like technology wise they probably figured out stuff while they were making this game to make that more feasible so i'd say from here i think you you should remake super metroid i think all the people that are saying that you shouldn't do that don't understand how old that game feels. <laughs> uh, I just think like you don't need to do like from and from Super Metroid, you go into a new direction and it's all a bunch of two D Metroid. I think that game just do it in this style, uh, in this engine with the parry and the stuff that we've we've seen added to two D Metroid, and like do the kind of Metroid Zero Mission stuff of like extra powers and like maybe a post game thing or like a like a prequel part or something like that. Um, because that game deserves to be able to play like a modern video game. Uh, it is good enough that, and it it is come to my attention enough that so many people still have not played that game. 
that it does deserve to be remade and it would make sense but mm-hmm. at, after that like i think i i really think it'd be cool to start going more into a 2.5d uh maybe not full arkham asylum like i think prime and the first person stuff is still always going to be better suited to a fully 3d metroid game but i think 3d environments maybe hub areas multiple planets like uh side questing upgrade like skill trees upgrades like these are things that are still like viable upgrades i mean like a a skill tree style upgrade not the power-ups like there's still things that have never made their way into metroid um any like most rpg mechanics that are now in all video games uh still really haven't found their way to metroid uh and because of what I just said, I don't necessarily think we need to put all that stuff into Metroid, but I think... You don't, need, you don't want a Destiny menu on your Metroid games? Yeah, I mean, at this point, we're, we're probably not far from it in all video games. Um, but I think you can start to trickle some of those things in, like a hub town, NPCs to talk to, um, maybe skill trees or, or different kinds of skills, or ways to, like, you get an ability and it's got, like, three tiers that it will go through kind of like your beams you know the beam goes from the standard beam the charge beam wide beam plasma beam wave beam you know um, start adding some of that to to the core abilities uh that aren't just weapons uh and and maybe go a little 3d i like i i'm back and forth about it i i don't necessarily think we need like an arkham asylum behind the back third person metroid game but i would as long as Team Ninja's not making it, I would I would try it. <laughs> I would definitely try it. And that kind of alludes to my uh, my second question is, in your opinion, um, since this is like pretty much the biggest like triple uh, A in, in, in triple A sense of 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 a Metroidvania type of game, because you know it has Metroid in the name, so like this is like the poultry child of like of uh, what uh a Metroidvania should be in a AAA space more or less. So do you feel like they did enough for you? Like in, like in, in a sense of like, do you think like, um, even though it failed, do you think like Metroid other M did more as far as like trying to evolve it than, um, what dread did, I guess you would say. No, for sure. Dread definitely did it better and did enough. I, I okay. and like, that's the, when I think about tens and like giving out tens, like a, and it sucks because, like, something could be, you know, it's why I say, like, Kingdom Hearts is, Kingdom Hearts 3 is a 10 for me. But if mm-hmm. I were to review it, which I did, I gave it a 9. Uh, as a fan mm-hmm. of the franchise, you know, I, I'm not going to completely cut my own personal take out of it. Um, but, it, you know, it, it has shortcomings that are worthy of talking about, or at the very least, it doesn't necessarily have that kind of surprise factor uh, that is what I think pushes a 9 to a 10. I think a 9 to a 10 is like, there has to be some level of it that is unexpected. Uh, right. or, or at the very least, like makes challenges the way that you think of that game or something like it. And, and like a big part of that for me in Dread was the, the kind of X coming back and then that having like true ramifications for the entire rest of the game. You know, like that wasn't just like a cool one-off scene that felt like a nostalgia play a la going on the Ishimura in Dead Space 2, um, mm-hmm. which is still a cool thing, 
and it could have still just been a cool thing, but no, like, now the X are out. Now we're dealing with this. Now, like, there are real-world ramifications for this, and we have to blow up this planet, I guess. <laughs> Which is how Samus solves a lot of her problems. <laughs> She's destroyed more planets than the Death Star. It's all I'm saying, like, straight up. Um, but, yeah, I, I, and so I, I think this, it, it surprised me just, it, it's so hard, I think, to surprise someone on just... <laughs> being good like executing on something so well and and when i did like the the kind of b route and got to grade and you have the power bomb that you're not supposed to have or the the morph ball bomb that you're not supposed to have and then there's like a whole little thing that you can do with it to ruin Kraid's whole tummy day is just like that is the extra stuff that like that divides the nines and the tens and that's the kind of shit that Metroid Other M was too stupid of a game to even think of, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that game was so surface level in how it was trying to approach exciting things about Metroid. It isn't thinking of it of like, oh, this game is cool because I can get this power up early. No, we have to wait until Adam tells us we can use a power up before we can use it. Like, and, and so it is betraying itself as a Metroidvania, the games that it has inspired uh, in trying to become a modern version of this. And, and in that like betrayal, I think that's where like this game is against its own identity. (laughs) You know, it is just a contradiction and it fails miserably. Right. Like where, Mm. where there are things to like in, in Metroid other M it's beautiful game. One of the best looking versions of the power suit for sure. Um, the it's got a counter and it's got uh very cool like cinematic aspects to it uh but then when you put all those things together it is not it is worse <laughs> you know suddenly all these parts coming together make the game worse whereas metro dread <laughs> the the best go to phrase for any 10 out of 10 it's greater than the sum of its parts somehow all the things working together, it evolves into a new type of experience that I've just never even felt before. Uh, like, I didn't know Samus could feel this fast, this cool, uh, this badass, this powerful, like, all of the things that they did of adding multiple routes, how the power-ups work, how you get the power-ups, the cutscenes, the dialogue, it's just all in service of making this the best Metroid game it could possibly be. And it feels so good. It's like what a it I understand like Mercury Steam has some shitty credits based policies and that super sucks. But uh I'm hoping that they rethink those things because otherwise like they are they're fighting for like some top tier development studio spots. Like it is the jump in quality, Ben Moore said this on Frame Trap, and I completely agree. The jump in quality from Samus Returns to Metroid Dread is astounding. And like Sandwich Returns is a fine video game. It's simply fine. You know, it's it's good. It plays like a nightmare because it's on the 3DS and my hands hurt when I play it. <laughs> but uh because you know I played it for the second time only this this past year. So mm-hmm. I had, I had not, you know, and, and it's it really does have cool moments. The final boss is great in that game. Like it, it was really like that final boss. It's hard as hell, but playing I was like, man, I can't wait to see what the dread final boss is going to be like. And it didn't disappoint. Um, it just, you know, it, 
it it over it relies on too, on certain things and it feels uncomfortable to hold the 3ds it's just terrible to hold that console i'm sorry especially like when it's like really you're tensing your hands a lot Ugh, my poor hand my palms they hurt so much um but yeah dread just it's a huge step up it's it's incredible um like my only last question for you uh unless you want to get into something else is like um like, where do you want the series to go from here? Like, where does where does it even go from here? It's funny, you know. Like, I feel really weird about how Metro Dread ends, just because like all this plot happens very quickly. You know, like you meet Ravenbeak, and he's like he refers to Samus as his daughter, just because like it was part of his tribe that was the ones that raised Samus. Uh, though she doesn't necessarily feel any kinship toward him. Um, and, you know, it's implied that some of his DNA is the DNA that they gave to Samus. But, I, again, it's only implied, and, and I really don't know what to make of it. Um, but, essentially, the whole, the kind of end of the game is, like, Samus's Metroid DNA is getting out of control. Um, okay. And she's losing control. Uh, and... Ravenbeak is still beating her by the end of it and is like, I'm going to clone you now. I'm going to make a bunch of Samus clones because you're now the strongest Metroid in the universe. So that will be my Metroid army of Samuses. And she gets so pissed at that. It's a great cutscene at the end. Very good of just Samus just screams and beats this man to death. <laughs> it's very violent. It's visceral, man. Uh, and she's just screaming, stabbing him in the face. It's extremely intense. But then she like goes full Metroid. Uh, they unveil there's a there's a secret suit at the end, uh, the Metroid suit. Um, and essentially, she's like gone. She's been corrupted, similarly to Samus at the end of Metroid Prime Three. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the the other Chozo guy, he was absorbed by an X. Um, because the X can kind of like absorb any organic life, living or dead, and he came back to life and was in control because he also had Metroid DNA in him, and then he turns into an X. This all happens literally at the end of the game. Turns into an X and absorbs himself into Samus, and then suddenly, because she now has the DNA of the Chozo tribe that, because through the X it transferred to her, she has the DNA of the Chozo tribe that can control the Metroids. Her Metroid powers are now like under control and she like transforms out of the metroid suit back to the fusion or the gravity suit uh <laughs> very it, it literally happens at the very end of the game she's standing in her ship in the metroid suit and the ship ai is like no don't touch the control point you'll absorb the energy from the ship and then the dude shows up behind her is like i'm gonna give you my body now without saying it obviously he doesn't know what there's no dialogue exchange here at all he just turns into an X, absorbs into her, and then she's fine. And then she flies away. The end. Wow. <laughs> very, very abrupt. And like, so it's like, not, it's not like anything nitpicky enough for me to be like, now the game's terrible. <laughs> but, but it's like, okay, I do kind of wish the storytelling was a little bit better here. Um, mm. Especially like throughout most of the game, it is so good. Um, so like in theory... I don't really know what that means for Samus if she still has Metroid powers. Um, she's just kind of in control of them now. Or if like that means like the she can't really access that part of her anymore, but she doesn't have to worry about it at least. 
we don't really know. And I, it's supposed to I, be left to interpretation to some extent, I think. So from there, like narratively, I don't know. I honestly, I feel like everything else Metroid should just be either in like the Metroid Prime timeline between Metroid 1 and 2 uh, or like, you know, just don't even reference it. Like, I'm not saying reboot it for sure, but like Metroid has the benefit of being like, we don't really need a lot of setup. (laughs) You know, Samus can show up anywhere and we get it. She's here to help people, presumably, and kill Metroids, kill bad dudes, help people. Uh, and that's all you need, you know? The next Metroid game could just be, like, the Galactic Federation sent a stress signal to, like, a distress signal to Samus to to intercept, and she just goes somewhere to help somebody. You know, it could have nothing to do with Metroids. Uh, all right. And, and that's fine. Uh, I, I, I'm curious, like, big question for me, like, of ideas of where the universe could go is, like, what is Metroid Prime 4 gonna be? Um, just because... I have a feeling that game is going to be big, like real big. Like I, if I, I, I think it will be more like dread in that it is leaning into isolation and difficulty and stuff like that. Prime one and two did, but I also think it is going to be a big budget video game. <laughs> I think that is going to be a large, good looking video game. Uh, uh, does prime three, um, more or less leads right into Super Metroid, or does it like, um, or or Metroid Two? I I don't know where it, it does. It it has like a post credit stinger that like kind of circles back to Metroid Prime Hunters, like one of the the other bounty hunters from that show up, and mm-hmm. that's it. So like it, it really it it has that thread. Uh, although they they kind of like follow up on that thread in Metroid. Prime Federation Force, weirdly enough. Um, again, if you want to get into lore. Uh, so I, so I would, really... could, could Prime, I don't know if Prime has to be Origins because it has Prime in the name, but like could Prime just be right after this or would that just be too muddy? I think Prime is just going to be sometime after Metroid Prime 3, but before anything else happens. And, and that's okay. fine. Because uh, like that's kind of where the Prime games have existed. Um... But, like, I, I really don't know. Like, the thing is, in on, only on paper is, like, the idea of uh, going to the Federation world or something like that. Like, having, like, a lot of people around. Only on paper is that a good idea for Metroid, I, I really think. And so because of that, like, I, I don't know, like, narr- any cool narrative ideas that could happen because I, I keep coming back to like okay let's let's talk about samus's origins let's try and develop more characters like no like metroid really doesn't need any of that um and and dread knows that you know like introduces two characters the villain and and like the ally chozo but that's it you know like it doesn't really waste time trying to tell you about all these other things going on and, and that's good and that's for the better of the series so from here i think just lean into this being Samus on her own doing some stuff, helping some people. Uh, tell like anthology style stories because <laughs> I, th- the thing that has come to me over this last year of replaying all the Metroid games more than anything is there's really not that many Metroid games. There's eight tech, like, really, if you really think about it, there's eight 
and other m <laughs> we don't talk about other m uh so there's like nine now uh and like two of them are remakes uh well th- three of the games have been remade um or only two yeah only two have been remade uh and like there's just so much there's so much left on the table like really I've played so many Metroidvania games so many games inspired by Metroid and they've all done crazy buck wild awesome shit and like I feel like Samus has barely scratched the surface of the coolest stuff she could do like Dread is great but it's also like the first 2D Metroid in what 19 years (laughs) like come on now like this is like this this game this game alone learned so much and and clearly there are so many more ideas at, at play here like like there's so many more things that they could flesh out uh that they kind of introduce here um and like the most the, the thing i want the most of metroid right now is like let's break away from every power set that we think is familiar in metroid uh, and and like it makes sense for Dread to have a lot of those things because it is kind of putting itself in the core Metroid timeline of one through five. But now is a great time to really get out there with with some weird stuff. Like give Samus the 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 her arm cannon and the morph ball, uh, and like then all bets are off. Like maybe. She gets like a a cool like wide gun like Isaac Clark or something, or maybe she gets uh, she doesn't get missiles like maybe she gets like different type of explosives or something like there there's so much or, or, or less weapon based things and more traversal based things like there's so much stuff that I'm sure like <laughs> a litany of indie devs have tons of ideas for of like oh yeah like a metric game that that ditches all the stuff that you you think you know like for sure uh and i and i have a feeling like mercury steam is definitely thinking that like this to me this was their we can make one of these games as as good as any of them and we did and now they are going to go do something a little bit more original that's mm-hmm. what i hope at least yeah uh. What a time to be alive. Good Metroid <laughs> games, man. It's crazy to think, like, the last Metroid game that came out, not including Samus Returns, which I found out, like, sold, like, 53,000 copies or something, like, 500,000 copies. That's it. And it's like, oh, man. That's such a bummer. 500,000? Um, yeah. Like, less than a million. Okay, okay. Uh, it might have... I, I I said fifty three thousand. I think it was like five hundred k in in somewhere in that. Okay. Because um, I, I saw it as like zero point five million or whatever. Um, and that is like so so few. And you know, twenty seventeen on the three ds, like basically that thing was in the in the ground. But uh, the last game before that was two thousand eleven Metroid Other M, <laughs> and. And like that was like the last new Metroid game, and now, ten years later, new Metroid game, Metroid uh, Dread, um, still very cool to think of how this game is paying off on the possible Metroid Dread, uh, like the Project Dread that was implied in uh, Metroid Prime Three, but yeah, it's just been so long, and <laughs> meanwhile. There have been twelve Call of Duty games. 
assassins. <laughs> you know, I just keep thinking like stuff like that. I'm like, God, I'm so angry at how many Assassin's Creed games there are and how few Metroid <laughs> games there are. Um, and I, and, you know, they're they're shorter, they're sweet. You know, can't you can't spend your whole life playing them like an Assassin's Creed game? Sure, but uh, we deserve the world deserves more Metroid. Not just me. I love it. I know I'm here on the on the good side of history, but like. Seeing all these new people come into it and be like, God damn. <laughs> like, this is what it's all about. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Now, go buy this game and also go buy Metroid Prime 4, <laughs> please. It's exciting times. Are, is, are you now more interested in Metroid, would you say, because of Dread? Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. Um, you know, like, um, music Super Metroid. Uh, Super Metroid has always been a thing that I've I've seen from a distance, admired um, from a distance and stuff like that. But um, you know, like um, like the few times I played it, you know, like just moving and shooting never really felt the greatest for me. So hey, um, I get it. I'm not one of those fucking liars on the internet that's gonna sit there and tell you like, no, it still plays. It's ten out of ten as good as it came out. Like all these crazy people out there. I promise you, I know it feels old. It's an old feeling game. That that's you know part of why i've always said to more recent people like oh if you can like play zero mission or fusion like those feel great they feel like modern games so mm. yeah that's i i love the idea of of metroid dread it sparking some interest to maybe get you to play some of them that's that makes me feel very good that's what it's all about now <laughs> <laughs> uh, did other... you have anything else um for me I you know having played all of them this year and stuff like it's cool it's super cool to see how far they've come like Metroid has truly I think most old video games look so different now than what they used to look like right and Metroid isn't one of those game, kind of games like Samus still looks like Samus pixelated or 3D and and the Dread kind of has that familiar look to it, but it is crazy how like those games have spent so much time iterating on control and how those games play and abilities and powers, and and that is what it has brought to like the greater Metroidvania table is is like tr- the true freedom to explore uh, a a a space through a two D you know playfield that is windy and turvy and has secrets and can be sequence broken and uh, can be revisited and randomized. Like, I'll tell you what, dude, like straight up finished dread the second time on hard mode. I, the first thought I had was I would fucking kill for a randomizer of this game. And I've, <laughs> I've legitimately never thought that in my life. <laughs> and, and I, I know now, like, you know, Scott White, plus his heart, is, like, the king of randomizers, and, like, I get it! Like, this is the first time I've played a game, and I'm like, yes! I Let's just do this one, like, scramble it up and let me play again! Uh, and, and yeah, stuff like that, just, like, Dread is, is it's not a culmination, right? Because it's, you can't culminate things when there hasn't been one for fucking 15 years or whatever. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but it is, like, such a it is like a, a new era. It is truly feels like the new era of Metroid has begun. And it, it just feels so good. I'm, I'm so, so happy with it. And 
like I remember <laughs> that Mercury Steam Castlevania game uh, on 3DS. It just was so bad, and how far they've come. Also, just it, it feels good. I I'm I'm very just in a good spot with Metroid, feeling good about it. Is it refreshing to play a game of a, a video game franchise? That like all the characters and you can just count on one hand. I guess. Yeah, it kind of is. It just, sure. <laughs> like tru- truly, like there's the only iconic Metroid character in this game is Samus. You know, like it's like that's mm-hmm. all we need. But also, like to to you know to talk about video games as a broad, like a broad kind of subject. Like it feel this is like a AAA video game. You know, obviously in its own way, and you know the people that are like, this isn't worth $60. I don't even want you to listen to this podcast. If you were one of those people, just delete your <laughs> delete irrational passions from all your web history. I don't ever want to hear from you again. Um, the, but like, cause this, this game had money that went into it. Obviously, you know, some people are arguing over how much, but it is a triple a video game that does much like death loop, which is another game I have problems with, but like, enjoy is a triple a video game that does not feel like every other fucking triple a video game right now and it's mm. it's so nice like this feels like a high budget polished great game um that and you know of course i'm talking about nintendo so that's kind of always true with their most recent games uh but it's just nice man it's nice that like this is like a a, a very different thing that you engage with on a different level and it's tough, you know, it's not pulling punches, but it's teaching you and trying to help you learn and trying to help you get there. Uh, it's just, yeah, it, it feels good all over the place from the, the keeping track of the lore. <laughs> I'll tell you, especially with what you said, coming, going from trails of cold steel to this, <laughs> exactly. I got like 74 different party members or whatever. It's like, all right, who are you again? Uh, yeah, it's like, I'm Samus. I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> I get it. I know what I gotta do. Kick some ass. Uh, I do think, like, I love the you know, in the cutscenes she's acting all badass and shit. Um, and, and like, charging shots and walking off screen and, and coming up just to whoop ass or whatever. I like that. It's maybe it's a, there's a, a good amount of it <laughs> that maybe they could have like, been had a little bit more restraint but also, and I think Mercury's team felt the same way too. It's like, it's been fucking so many years. All right, let this girl shine. Let's let this girl get out here and whoop some ass because she deserves it. <laughs> this this more than anything is like Samus like flexing on fools of like, I I like she needed a good stretch so she came out here to whoop all the ass in the universe, right? Like that, it almost goes that far, and and I forgive it for for that uh, because it is, it feels so good. <laughs> cool. I think that's it. Yeah, bro. Uh, any other last thoughts? Sora and Smash, Metroid. Video games are good again. I forgot we put that in the beginning. <laughs> we didn't spend that much time on it. We had to. We just had to talk about it just for a little bit. It's good. It's good. Video games are good. Uh, I'm sorry, like that you didn't get to talk about anything <laughs> this time. No, it's all. That's all I wanted you to express yourself, bro. Do we need to do an episode on uh, No More Heroes 3? Oh, I gotta get through that game first. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And just frustration and or happiness. 
or both. Like, like I, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's more of just like I'm almost at the point where I just like I have to wait for the new Switch now because like it, I just don't like the way the game looks on my TV type of thing. You know. Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll to give Dread the credit that all first party Nintendo games seem to get. It, it, I don't know what kind of magic sauce they're putting in their games to make them not look not as sharp as you would think they need to be. But yeah, they, they did it again. Uh, yeah. It's it's well, impressive. Not to not to fully get into this subject because we should close it out. But like um, I it's like it's like why I continue saying um as as we're because I I just I just had this thought I I just remember this feeling <laughs> he just brought it out of me. Um, I know what I was or, doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like like I said like the, the the Nintendo Switch is like um the system that I that pretty much has everything I want and I love as as far as the game as a gamer as a video game enthusiast, whatever you want to call me. But like, um, I just hate playing on that fucking system. I, I just, I just, I, I don't like the look of it. And I just don't like the feel of it. Like almost all the way around. Like even like the pro controller, like my D pad is sticky for whatever reason. Like, <laughs> like it's like, it just, it sticks. Gotta get this like man the, a new controller. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it just, it bugs me. And I, I can't, I don't play the game. I don't, I don't take it out portably ever. So like, you know, I just I just don't like playing on the system. Um, sure. Everything's underpowered, so that sucks for me. Uh, Xbox um, is like the best deal of gaming, and like, um, but I just don't play it. Like, I, I have the system, and like, I just don't. I barely even turn it on, and then like, I look at my old stuff. I'm like, oh man, like I should like play it enslaved or something like that. Just because I could play it, and it's the best it could possibly be. But like, it's like. Mm, no, I I can just play on PC, <laughs> sure, and I yeah. just don't do that. And then like the PS5 is miserable um, for <laughs> ver- for various reasons. I, um, I got what happened to the PS5? But uh, the PS5, yes, but like um, you know, but it's still the my most played system. That's because like it's whenever I do play video games, that's the one I get around to. So why is it why um, is it miserable? Why is your PS5 just sad in the corner somewhere? It's it's just like. Everything's everything's inconvenient on there. That's as far as that like is very fair. Yes. Yeah. As far as like the games I want to play, as far as how I can even play those games, as far as how I can get the saves for those games. Mm, uh, yeah. Um, even like just trying to play my games, I have to move shit constantly, so I have to buy this um, expansion, uh, this memory card thing, just so I can even like play games I want. Because I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm a stupid. I'm, I'm a stupid ass hoarder, and like <laughs> I have to be Resident Evil Eight, but like I keep moving it back and forth onto like my actual hard drive so I can actually play it. But then I don't play it, and so like all of a sudden I want to play Final Fantasy Seven, and then like I I put it back like, on my hard drive, and like it takes forever to do that. So it's, it's just a pain in the ass. I just, I just need it. I just need it, um, and the, just so I can still not play. It. <laughs> um, I feel that for sure. Well, uh, yeah, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to be that. Like I just want a stronger Switch. That's all I want. I want a stronger switch so I can be happy. Yeah. And uh, like, I probably just a new uh, pro controller, but like, yeah, if I could get that, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, I like. At this point, it's not a matter of will they, won't they? It's just a matter of when will they. Um, um, and I'm, I'm curious, right? Like, I Nintendo has changed so much, and obviously, uh, a topic for another day. But like, we live in a new era of of all the different executives at Nintendo. So I think like all of those conversations about like they're just going to do a whole new thing that is just a new gimmick and drop the old thing like a dead rock like 
I think that is not true anymore. Uh, so we might just get another Switch for another five years, and as long as it's powerful, more powerful, that could be exciting. Uh-huh. I feel you. I, I do feel you. I, uh, I can't. Yes, I, I, I canceled my OLED Switch uh, pre-order just so you. I don't know if you were. I had told you that I had it pre-ordered. You told me cancel. you had a pre-order. I didn't know you canceled it. <laughs> yeah, I canceled it before I got it, just because I shouldn't spend my money on that right now. But, right. <laughs> but uh, I definitely felt a little sad, and then I got over it. Also, I have. I can play Switch on OLED anytime I want. So. I'm just gonna do that anyway. Last thing I say, like, uh, that's pretty much my like my only like quote unquote concern with Bayonetta three mm-hmm. is just, I I look at that game. I look I keep looking at that trailer for that game and I just yell at that poor Switch. Yeah, you can't you can't handle this. You can't handle this game. I so, know like, you you gotta trust Kamiya though. You gotta trust Platinum to to at least give you something that even if it doesn't perform as well as you would want it to is worth your time. Uh, yeah. and and believe. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. That's patch notes. I think mm-hmm. a good a good big old patch file <laughs> for the folks at home. Uh, good stuff, man. Thanks for letting mm-hmm. me talk about Metroid lore. <laughs> of course, it's good, man. I tell tell the folks out there. Go. Uh, if I really do now, like that, we've we're on the other side of it. I do think that it is a little bit more possible that we could get a Metroid Prime trilogy, and I'm I'm excited for for folks to maybe check those games out. Did you not think it was possible before? I honestly, God, don't didn't think, and even still, like I, th- whatever form it happens in, it's gonna be some monkey bullshit. It's gonna be like just Metroid Prime one and two because they didn't want to remake three without motion controls or something like that. <laughs> Like, I, I, I do still have that feeling. And, like, I, people, like, think... I know... I know that Skyward Sword is one thing, and, like, they just did that game without motion controls. But, like... I... I don't... I, I feel like there's some weird stuff with Metro Prime 3 that would be a problem. Um, I mean, like, because, like... Maybe I'm we, wrong. We, yeah, I mean, like, when you think about, like, something like Skyward Sword without motion controls is like, sure you did it, but like at what cost? Like you just took out the literal most interesting thing about the game, other you know, other than like the characters, blah 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 blah. But like the thing that made the game, you took that out. So like, what is that game then? <laughs> yeah. And that that's a that's a very fair conversation too. And uh-huh. and so like Metro Prime Three is like one of those few games that's like pretty good with motion controls. Uh, yeah, all the Prime games I think are better with motion controls. Uh, with at least the pointer stuff, uh, so I yeah I don't know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Those games were built for a C stick, so I just truly don't know if uh, I, it makes me like I don't know if you heard that rumor that Metro Prime One is actually just getting remade, but just one makes, and nothing else. Just one and nothing else. Kind of makes me wish yeah. that were true uh, instead, because if you if as long as you know you put the the heart and time into the controls, that's that's what matters. Yeah, a multiplayer in two, man. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah, honest to God, we may end up playing some of that soon. So, <laughs> you tell <laughs> you tell me if that's what it's all about when that comes around. So, uh, I think you can like get a power bomb, pick up like a Halo weapon, like on the map, and just kill everyone in one shot too. Like that wow. game is buck wild. 
what a weird game. What a weird thing. Um, uh, if if you're out there listening and you have not played Metroid Dread and listened to us talk about it, even with everything I said, spoiler wise, I cannot. And it's the greatest thing about the game. I cannot ruin how fun a fucking time it is for you. I promise. It is better than than how I describe it playing. It plays even better than that because that's how playing video games works. Uh, and uh, if if you're looking for more Metroids to play, like play Fusion, play uh, Samus Returns, play uh, Super Metroid on your Switch, play um, Zero Mission if you can get a hold of it. Uh, they're all all great games. Uh, and you know, while some are older than others, they are all still like kind of untouchable as far as like just good core great video games that hold up and have not lost a step to this day um save for super metroid maybe uh but yeah thanks to anyone that 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 jumped in and joined us and listened we very much appreciate it thanks now wishing for your time as always it's mm-hmm. a pleasure of course. um go check out if you're listening on ip presents go check out the review discussion discussions we just did uh on death loop uh possibly also metroid dread which again i have a plan for that to be a, a lot more of a kind of critical conversation um and also uh nintendo land uh where mike and i are going to talk about metro dread uh and that's it that's all i got thanks everybody for listening we love you all goodbye Uh